0: We started a series last week in the book of Jonah that we're going to continue. The name of the series is saying no when he says go. And what we found out as we read chapter one is that the word of the Lord had come to Jonah and and it said, get up, get up and go to the great city Nineveh and preach against them because their evil has come up before me. And Jonah got up and he fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah bought a ticket and he got on a boat and he headed in the opposite direction. God said, Go, and Jonah said, No. Before Jonah could get too far, God sent a storm. Know in your life when you are on your way to running from the Lord. He will send storms in your life. Those storms are not in your life to disrupt you in a negative way, but it is actually his grace. So he sends a storm to disrupt Jonah's plans. The Bible tells us that we can make our plans, but the Lord is the one who determines our steps. And and even further than that, in Psalms 37, it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. That's, That's some good news. And although it was a storm, that's what was happening in Jonah's life. And it was such a great storm that that arose that the ship threatened to break apart. And the sailors that were on the ship that were subjected to Jonah's mess, they were afraid. And, And while they were afraid, Jonah was taking a nap in the bottom of the boat. They cast lots and and they found out that that Jonah was the cause of the trouble. So he was thrown overboard. But it says that the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and for three nights. That's where we pick up our story today. The title of today's message is In a Tight Spot. We're going to find ourselves in Jonah chapter 2. I'll be reading out of the CSB. So if you would, please stand for the reading of God's word. Jonah chapter 2, starting at verse 1, reads this way. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. I called to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. I cried out for help from the deep inside Sheol. You heard my voice. When you threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, the current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. And I said, I've been banished from your sight. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. The water engulfed me up to the neck, and the watery depths overcame me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I sank to the foundations of the mountains, the earth's gates shut behind me forever. Then you raised my life from the pit, Lord my God. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you to your holy temple. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their, faithful lo- your, abandon their faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Oh Lord, like like Jonah, some of us might find ourselves in a tight spot this morning. All of us are going through something. We thank you, Lord, for your promise that you delight in every detail of our lives. Though we stumble, we will never fall because you hold us by the hand. You hear us, you see us, you care, and we are safe in your care. Nourish us this day, O Lord, with your daily bread, which gives us the strength we need. And we ask for a drink from your well, which always refreshes us. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, sometimes our lives are are filled with adventure. Life is exciting. And other times, life seems to be extremely mundane. It, it, It appears that all we do is the same thing every single day but how we approach life is critical. The question I have for you this morning is, are you a student of life? What I mean by that is, do you analyze your experiences, extracting lessons from them? Because in fact, life is like one big classroom. Not only should you learn from your own experiences, but you should be people watchers. I'm a people watcher. I watch people. I enjoy looking at other people and learning from what I see and the things that are going on in their lives. Sometimes we don't have to learn lessons the hard way. Sometimes we don't have to learn how to do the right thing through experience. We can watch other people and learn what to do and learn what not to do. Like many of us, Jonah found himself in a tight spot. And and he was in this place where he had some time to think. Jonah learned some good theology in a strange college in the belly of that fish. You you may be in a place today where you feel like you are in the belly of a fish, where you have a tight spot, a situation that you're in that you would rather not be in. But even there, there are some lessons to learn. Jonah, it appears to me, was the first person to be in a submarine. I I, I don't know if you've ever been in a submarine before. Um, I wasn't in the Navy. I didn't care much for the bell-bottoms. I know a couple of people here. in the Navy, no disrespect, sorry, sorry, Bob. Wow, you see this guy's face. Um, But I've, I've gone to submarines where they had them set up like museums and, and I've gone down into submarines and when I went into submarines, it's, I got to get out of here. Um, I, I'm not a, a scaredy-cat, I'm not afraid of many things, but I do not like tight spaces. Um, I I can become claustrophobic if a thought enters my mind, if I'm in a tight space, and I say to myself, you can't get out of here. I have a problem. So I, I wonder what the accommodations were like for Jonah in the situation that he was in. But I can tell you this, just like the scripture we read, that God is... He cares about every detail of our lives when God sent that fish to Jonah. It was exactly what Jonah needed. Whatever you have going on in your life, it is exactly what God has intended for this season. So Jonah finds himself in this situation and and Jonah prays. But Jonah prays out of affliction, not out of affection. But it's better to pray out of the mold of desperation than not to pray at all. Sometimes we forget to pray. Particularly when things are going well. We, we, we just start kind of taking things for granted. We always seem to end up on our knees when we're, in a, when we're in a tight spot. See, because Jonah could have prayed many times during this excursion he was on. He could have prayed when the Lord first spoke to him, when the word came to him. He could have prayed when he was on his way to Joppa to buy this ticket to run. He he could have prayed on the boat instead of sleeping. The other sailors that did not know the Lord were praying to their gods. And even when the captain said to Jonah, you sleeper, why aren't you praying? There was nothing in the text that tells us he started praying even at that point. Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish. It says, I called to the Lord in my distress. So, even when we're in a situation and we are in great distress, we can cry out to the Lord. And it says that he answered me. I cried out for help from the depth of inside, the deep, Inside Sheol, you heard my voice. The first thing I want to say to you is when you mess up, pray. Although you bring affliction on yourself, we are still praying for the one who sits on the throne of grace. What we're tempted to do and what the enemy will put in your head You messed up, you put yourself in this situation, get yourself out of it. Well, we all know far too well there are situations we just can't get ourselves out of. And Jonah found himself there. Actually, being preserved alive by a miracle gave Jonah a confidence that there was further mercies to come. In other words, when Jonah goes, gets thrown off of this boat and goes into this water, it's over. There's no land to swim back to. I'm a dead man, and God rescues him. Just through that rescue, it had to give Jonah a sense of confidence, though, although I'm in this tight space, God is still taking care of me even in the midst of us messing up often we don't receive the fullness of what we could receive for what we've done that in itself is a mercy from God and should make you aware i'm still here i can still cry out to the lord it says when You threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas. The current overcame me. He was overwhelmed. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. And I said, I have been banished from your sight. Well, he said that, but that's actually impossible. You're never out of God's sight. Actually, Jonah was in a place that God put him, so he wasn't out of his sight. God was doing something. I'm going to keep you alive in a hard place to change your hard heart. You may be in a situation and you're trying every single thing possible to get out of that hard place. Consider for a moment that maybe God is working on a hard heart, that he's breaking up fallow ground, that he's teaching you something in the midst of your situation. Sometimes these things that come up in our lives, we've caused, like Jonah, and other times they're circumstantial. That's not the point. The point is, in the midst of it all, God is doing something in you. When the pagan sailors prayed to their gods, the captain of the boat told Jonah to pray. But there was no record that he did any of that. He was thrown overboard and going down into the pit. And this fish was actually a ransom for him. Once he's in the belly of this fish, he's alone. He's in a dark place. Things are tight. And then he prays. And to whom did he pray? To the Lord he was fleeing from. The very one he tried to run away from, he had to return to. The one who created the storm, the one who provided the fish, and the one who would deliver him from that very fish. And how did he pray? It says he cried out for help to the Lord. This was no half-hearted prayer. We often pray out of routine. Sometimes when we pray, we're praying half-hearted. We need to pray as if we recognize that the Lord is right there that we are speaking to the creator of heaven and earth. He is our heavenly father. He is the only one that can change our circumstance. He's being attentive to us. So when you talk to someone, sometimes you could tell their eyes are kind of glossing over. They're not even hearing anything you say, and they just kind of stay in there shaking their head. We shouldn't offer up those kind of prayers to God. It's when we're in a desperate situation, when, when when everything's on the line that we often pray wholeheartedly and I believe that that's the kind of pray, prayer that Jonah prayed here. And when did he pray? He prayed when he was overwhelmed. when we are in a situation where we don't have any way out, pray. where he prayed he was, In the belly of this fish and from the depth of Sheol. And and what he prayed is important. He he first recounted his time in the sea. It's two parts to this prayer. You can see the water engulfed me. He's remembering what he experienced up to my neck. And the watery depths overcame me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I sank to the foundations of the mountains, the earth's gate shut behind me forever. Then you raise my life from the pit, Lord my God. And then the prayer shifts. Then he, he prays about the future and from a place of hope. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord and my prayers came to you, to your holy temple. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their faithful love. He's just starting to think these things out. If you think about his situation and all of God's sovereignty that is magnified in this story, The word came to him. And when he ran in the other direction, the winds obeyed him. The sea obeyed the Lord. The fish obeyed the Lord. The man looked to ignore the Lord. All the earth's creatures, large and small, All of creation are here to serve God and his purposes. It is only humanity that chooses, "Ah, I don't think I'm going to do that, but it's never wise. Often when God impresses on our hearts to do something, it's countercultural. It's often not even logical. But what is more illogical is to ignore what God calls us to do. It's never going to work out, and we see that here. It says, But as for me, I will sacrifice to you. With a voice of thanksgiving, I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. For the Jewish person, a vow was extremely important. Numbers Chapter 30 and verse 2 says, When a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to put himself under an obligation, he must not break his word. He must do whatever he has promised. It's funny because it's kind of like um, these situations where someone finds themselves in a real hard place. And then they say, when this is all over, this is what I'm going to do. That's where Jonah was here. He he. It's like a person that has been imprisoned and has time to sit there and think about what they've done and now they're thinking about leaving and they make all of these promises of what they're going to do when they leave that place. And then we see what happens often when they come on the other side of that. I remember one time we were on a trip and we were in Venezuela, and we were in the Andes Mountains, and we got lost. It was bad. And I was with two other guys. They were a little younger than me, and and one of them um, uh, wasn't doing too well emotionally. And by the end of the, the night, when we were there, he was making all kinds of promises. If we get out of here, I'm going to be so nice to my wife. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to tithe. He had all kinds of thoughts about what he would do when we left, when we got out of there. And the next day, we're praying and we get to a point where we could see, okay, we, we're going to make it back. It's 23 hours later. The first thing that he says is we, we did it. So what happened to all the prayers? No, no, no. no God did this and brought us through. When we hear him make this vow, when we hear the proclamation and the thanksgiving that Jonah gives, the text says, then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry ground. When God had Jonah at his mercy, God turned it around and he showed him mercy. The Lord spoke to the fish. What I want you to know is I don't care what situation you're in, one word from the Lord changes everything. All you need is a word from the Lord. These Disciples find themselves on the sea and it's a storm and they're afraid and they Jesus don't you care Jesus says peace be still one word changed everything God created all things by saying let there be. If we consider what it is for God to speak a word, to change a situation, the one who delights in every detail of your life, who won't let you fall even when you stumble because he's holding your hand. When he speaks a word, Everything changes. Jesus enters Capernaum and and this centurion comes and, and, and pleads and says that someone is sick. And he says, I'll come. And the centurion said, you don't have to come, just speak the word. We should always be in great anticipation of God changing our circumstance. You know when? When his perfect timing says, what I have done in you is accomplished. So the length of time that you may be there, it could be three days or 30 years. Know in the midst of it that God is at work. But the moment he says it's accomplished, the moment he speaks that word, the whole situation changes. As soon as Jonah came to the right place in his heart, in his mind, the fish released him and not into the water onto the beach, on steady ground, so he can continue what God has sent him to do. Know that for your life, you may be going through a sickness, you may have damaged relationships, you may have financial troubles. All it takes is a word from God. But if God says, No. If God says, wait, guess what? That's what's best. It will end up being a blessing because He's doing a work in that situation. When God whistles, it says that the flies. And the bees respond to what he is doing. There is nothing that we have to concern ourselves with. Jonah, in the depths of his disobedience, was in safe hands. When he was in the belly of the fish, he was exactly where he needed to be. So when you're tight spot give thanksgiving in your tight spot petition the Lord for your needs in your tight spot remember God's goodness that he has brought you through up until this point and recognize you can have joy in the midst of what you're going through and again Some of these situations we've placed ourselves in. Jonah had to come to the place where he accepted the discipline God was putting him through. And then other times, it's just a circumstance. But no, it's all been filtered through the hands of God. Don't allow the enemy to lie to you if you know you caused your situation to just think, I'm being punished. God doesn't punish his children. He he disciplines his children. He works on the hearts of his children. This interaction with Jonah in this space, crunched up, or whether he had all kind of room, he was alone, he was dark, it was dark, he knew he was rescued from what could have been, and it was due to his disobedience. When it all came down to it, I got to cry out to the God of mercy. You can come up, Brittany. To recognize that our God is a God of mercy. We see it through this story. The fact that he was sending a prophet to these wicked people shows God's mercy. The storm that Jonah was in showed God's mercy. The sailors that had nothing to do with it but saw the powerful hand of God showed God's mercy. The fish in delivering Jonah was the mercy of God. And him spitting him up on that beach and putting him back on mission is the mercy of God. Just the long suffering and the patience that God has. You know, every other book where prophets are being the, the surrounding subject of the matter, it's never about the prophet, it's always about the prophecy. It's always about what God is saying to his people. But this book is very different. This book is showing the human condition. And is showing even greater God's mercy. It's showing even greater God's detail in every situation and how he reigns over all of his creation. There is not in your life that he's not aware of he's aware of our motivations he's aware of our fears he's aware of our thoughts before they enter our minds he knows every hair that is on your head he is a detailed God and he is at work for your good so in seeing Jonah in this tight spot was a rescue your tight spot your tight spot god is aware of and the moment he says what i wanted to accomplish in this is done it goes away but as long as we're there What we should not do is wallow in pity and even making the statement that God has vanished him from his sight. No, God sees you. He knows you. He cares about you. The issue is, and I say it all the time, we want comfort. God is after transformation. He's changing you. He's making you look like Jesus. Now, just just think in your mind, we're not going to start pointing at people, how long is it going to take you to look anything like Jesus? But if you consider who you used to be, You look way more like Jesus than that person. That's why we continue to repeat the scripture week after week. That we can have a confidence in the good work. If God has called you, it's a good work. In the good work that he's going to bring to completion. So, what does that mean? That means, in your circumstance, relationship wise, lack, where, where your mind needs to be transformed, he's at work and he's bringing it to completion. And he never leaves anything half done. That is something to celebrate about. That is something to take joy in. Are you confident in that? It doesn't matter if it's hard. It's going to be hard. Life is hard. In this world, you will have trouble. Just don't forget, I've overcome the world. You are more than conquerors. This is not the end of the story. When we think about the call that was on Jonah's life, he, God was going to fulfill his purposes like he said he would. And along the way, all of these seeming arbitrary situations were not arbitrary at all. It's all designed by the Lord. Would you stand, family? Let's pray. Lord, you are so good. In the same way you've heard Jonah's prayer in the belly of that fish, You hear our prayer. Some of us are in a tight spot. Some of us just have come out of a tight spot. Some of us may be going into one, Lord. Even when we hear the announcements and what's happening in people's lives, Lord, these things haven't taken you by surprise. You never sleep nor slumber. You won't let them fall even when they stumble, Lord. You won't let me fall, Lord, even as I stumble my way through life. Because you're holding our hands. You care about every detail. There is nothing that we go through that's too big for you to change, and however long you keep us in the circumstance, help us to give thanksgiving, to be joyful, to know you're in control, that you are good, that in the midst of our situation, we are to trust you when we don't understand let us walk around with our heads up high because you're the lifter of our heads, Lord. We do stand on a firm foundation just like we sung. Lord, in this room, there are a thousand different things going on and you being the God of the universe that keeps the earth revolving on its axis, is still knowing each and every one of those details. You're in charge. And we thank you for that, Lord. Before we leave this place, let's just sing a song together. And then I'll give a doxology at the end. Mm -hmm. Brittany?